And hello, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here once again. No shoulders today. Some work came up again, unfortunately for him. So, But we have a lot to talk about today. A lot of good stuff, especially uh, the Los Angeles Angels last night. Um, not sure if any of you guys saw that. That was pretty cool. I'll get into that in a second, but... Uh, Head over to Twitter to follow us there. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Uh, follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, Google Play. Head over to YouTube. Subscribe to our our, um, our channel over there. And we do have a shirt on Teespring right now uh, up for sale if you guys want to buy some. Oops, excuse me. Um, definitely gonna get mine probably tonight and I think we have some uh, tank tops over there as well too I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna check that later on um, but like I said kicking off the show uh, last night Los Angeles Angels uh, we talked about me and Shoulders talked about a couple weeks ago the, the pitcher for them uh, passing away and last night was the first home game that they had since the the pitcher passed away. And not only was the first home game, all the players wore number 45, which was his number, his jersey number. And uh, pitched a no-hitter. You know, it's just eerie how that all happens kind of in a way and I brought up to a couple guys at work uh, about it and the one guy actually came back down to me and was like uh, did you see that they only had one walk the whole game so they were one walk away from a perfect game the first home game since he passed away and the night they were wearing his jersey number I mean, that's just weird with, with baseball. Um, you know, you go back to, what was it, Felix Hernandez, I think the kid's name was, for the Marlins. His, one of his good friends, D. Gordon, hit a home run to win the game uh, in extra innings. You know, their first game back since he passed away. It's just weird how sometimes like that, Things like that happen. And, uh, you know, good for them. And the real cool picture they, they put out there was uh, they all took their, their jerseys off and laid it on the mound with the 45, you know, up in the air on the pitcher's mound. You know, that was that was pretty cool. And kudos to the, the players for doing that as well. So staying with some uh, some baseball talk. The Major League Baseball and the Atlantic League, uh, it's an independent league basically, have an agreement um, 
that they uh, they agreed to back in March, I believe it was, that any rule changes Major League might be interested in doing, the Atlantic League would try it out. And about a month or two ago, they talked about bringing in robot, uh, robotic umpires, which there still be real life umpires behind the plate, but they wouldn't be calling strikes or balls. These robots or these this computer, whatever it would be, would call it in to the umpire who has an iPhone hooked to a headset and stuff and call it that way. Umpire would still be able to overturn it if it was say, you know, hit the dirt in the front of the plate, bounced up into the strike zone or something like that. You know, something weird he could overturn it. Now they just released some more rules they want to change. One of the rules they want to change is right now when you try to bunt with two strikes and it goes foul, you're automatically out. Now they want to change it to if you foul with two strikes, it counts as a foul. If you foul it off again as a with a bunt, then it's an out. That's stupid. That's just retarded. I am totally, totally against that. You know, there's some rules that you should just keep how they are. I mean, they work for a reason. I know, you know, I, I said a couple weeks ago about Major League Baseball needs to kind of get with the times in a way, you know, stop living back in the past. But some of these rules you got to keep. Another rule, they're going to relax a little bit on the check swings to be more batter friendly. I guess kind of be a little bit more um, air more on the batter side than the, the pitcher side. Again, that one there, that, that's still going to be a judgment call for the umpires. But this one right here is absolutely, absolutely retarded. So if you have two strikes and a pitcher throws the pitch you swing and miss, or if it comes over to play and the catcher drops it, you could take off for first and try to make it and be safe. Well, now you could actually steal first at any time. Batters can steal first on any pitch that was not caught in flight. That's the exact words that Major League is putting in place. Basically, and they kept on going and said it basically expands the traditional drop third strike rule to all pitches. And batters can be, can be thrown out if they try to run. That's so freaking stupid. You know, like... I, I, I just don't understand why they want to be so radical. And, you know, when we get to the next topic, I'm going to kind of tie it in a little bit. Um, you know... The commissioner for Major League Baseball came out uh, during the All-Star break because they were, they were being accused of juicing the balls by some Major League Baseball pitchers, uh, Justin Verlander, uh, I think DeGrom was another one. And Manfred said, you know, there's nothing that we're doing differently that we're trying to juice the balls. It's actually just the opposite. We're trying to not have so many home runs in this that some of these rules it sounds like you want more offense and you know what 
I, I, if I'm going to the game, I'm more the offensive guy. I would, I would want to see more home runs. But if it's a close, you know, two-one game, or whatever, and it's a legit pitcher's duel, I actually don't mind seeing that type of game. Now, you know, supposedly some of the the fans, most of the fans, want to see those home runs, and you know that's why there's conspiracy theories out there that. Uh, Major League Baseball is juicing the balls and stuff like that. I'm not sure. Um, kind of talking about the the robot uh, robotic umps or whatever. Um, back in March, they announced the first set of rules, including the it's called TrackMan Radar system for calling balls and strikes. They want to ban the shift. And a three-pitcher minimum. The only rule they, they've they put in place or that suggested that I am so for is the banning the shift. I can't stand it. I know, again, a couple of episodes ago, me and Shoulders talked about it. And, you know, he's okay with it. I just don't like it. And I just don't understand why some of these hitters, no matter how slow you are and this and that, why not just try to bunt it, you know, down the opposite uh, baseline of wherever they have the shift? You know, uh, Matt Carpenter, I think it was, did just a couple weeks ago where they put the shift on him and bunted to first, or bunted down third baseline, and actually got a, a double out of it because there was no one there. So why not try it, you know? I just, I just don't understand why, you know, why not more teams try that to help eliminate the shift without banning it, you know, as a, as a rule. Um, as far as the TrackMan system was used the first time in the Atlantic League All-Star Game uh, this past Wednesday, the umpire behind the play was Brian DeBrewer. And like I said, he had a earpiece that's connected to my iPhone. And would have the the strikes and balls, you know, relate to them. But even now that, say if it is called a striker ball or whatever, you know, the ump's got to say what it is. And a coach does not like it. And he comes running out and wants to argue. Now the ump could say, hey, it's not my call. But what happens if he overrules it? And the coach comes out to argue it, and he says, "Was it my call? It's the robot." So this kind of gives the umps a little bit more way to get out of any type of arguments, and may eliminate some ejections, if you want to say that. I mean, that part of the game I, I kind of like, though. You know, I remember this one time, me and my dad went down to a Baltimore Orioles game against the Detroit Tigers, I believe it was. And uh, play at first. Baltimore was on the field. We got the guy out. Detroit Tiger guy went ballistic. Spit the gum at, at the, the umpire's net. It was the funniest thing to watch. You know, the whole crowd, yeah, 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 yeah. Get him out. You know, eject on the stat. You know, some of the, some of the baseball stuff that has been all always been around. They. 
should not change it. You know, like I said, the the bunting that should have changed. That that should stay st still stay the same. Where if you bunt on the two strikes and it goes it goes foul, you're out. This whole running if the catcher drops the ball on the first pitch or second pitch, don't change that. It just, it's going to ruin the game. I think they're trying to change it too much now, and it's going to ruin the game. Now, speaking of ruining the game, you know, Justin Verlander thinks the game's going to ruin by juicy balls. <laughs> yeah, I saved that all day for that one. But, uh, so during the All-Star uh, break there, he came out and said that, you know, he believes 100% that the balls are definitely different the past couple of years. It's uncomfortable for him to be out there now, not knowing how the ball is going to feel or, or react to some of his pitches. And, you know, he may have some what of a point because so far this season, players have hit Roughly about 3,500 home runs in the first half. They're on pace to hit close to 67 home runs, 6,700 home runs, which the record is 6,100, which was set back in uh, 2017. Now, this I didn't know when I, I heard the, the headline about Verlander. But I didn't know Major League Baseball owns Rawlings Baseball. They bought them out um, a couple of years ago because I, th I think they were Rollins was kind of hurting a little bit. So, but if you're Major League Baseball and you're more focused on getting more offense compared to more defense, then obviously the first thing you could do is doctor the ball you know a couple of pitchers says it seems to feel a little higher um, the ball feels a little harder now when I read a little, you know a little bit about this the, they, the one thing they brought up about was it could possibly be how they're being stored the balls get made down south and they get stored in two different locations one is set at like 50% humidity. Another one is set at 70 degrees Fahrenheit or, or something like that. Then get travel to the ballparks. Well, you know, weather could affect it a little bit. But also, players are getting bigger and, you know, hitting the ball harder, swinging the bat harder. So, to totally say it's all Major League Baseball... Um, doctor in the balls and they're the whole reason why there's more home runs I, I can't believe that um, it could be a major part of it but I also think you know Justin uh, Verlander he's getting older so maybe not as good as he used to be um, some of the other pitchers maybe some of their stuff isn't as good as it used to be they could be having an off year but I, I don't think, and you know, the other other point that Verlander pointed out, um, that he kind of has a point is, Major League Baseball has been using 
juice balls for home run derbies for years now. Which obviously, you know, if you watched this past year's um, home run derby, Vlad Guerrero, he's just a beast. And it's pretty funny to to even think he's better than his father, when how good his father was, you know. But uh, but again, you know, if they were using it then before they bought the Rollins company, the Rollins company would already know how to, you know, fix the, the ball or doctor it a little bit differently to get more offensive out of it. So why wouldn't Major League say, hey, just alter it a little bit. Manfred keeps coming out saying, oh, we're still doing studies. Oh, we're still waiting for the results. They've been doing studies since June of 2018. And they still can't figure it out. You know, you're a sport that goes... What uh, April to early November, so you're you're going seven months. You play year round, so you can't get enough results to figure out what's going on. Is it the ball? Is it the pitchers just not being as good as they used to be? Is the batters better than what they used to be? Is it everything? You know, there there should be some way to to figure this out. I know Verlander's getting a lot of heat. And being called a crybaby in a snap, but I don't think he's being a crybaby. I think he's just being outspoken about a a certain you know topic. Also, I th- I think it was maybe the day after uh, me and Shoulders recorded last week. Kyrie Leonard finally announced where he was going to go. He is going to L.A., but not the Lakers. kind of happy he's not going to Lakers. So he's going to the L.A. Clippers. He's going on a three-year deal. Uh, what was it, like a $103 million deal with a player option for the 21-22 season. And he probably could have got a few more years if he wanted it. But he he chose the three years because Paul George is also going to the Clippers and has three years left. So if this three-year experiment don't work for Leonard and Paul George, they'll be pretty much the top of the cream for the free agency period in 2021. Um, I, I'm, you know, I know Shoulder said he's a big fan of Leonard's and I'm starting to really like him because I guess someone asked him, you know, why didn't you go to Lakers with LeBron? And he came out and says, because I could shut him down. It's not that I hate LeBron, but I just like I, I just don't like how LeBron's all this. He comes across like me, me, me. Like uh, just yesterday or the day before, you know, he was gonna switch his number so Anthony Davis could wear number twenty-three. Well, Lakers had to ask Nike if they could do it, and Nike came out and said, "No, we made too many jerseys with the number twenty-three. Can't do it." So I'm glad people are finally putting their foot down, saying, "You know, LeBron, you're not you're not running the 
the show no more. Um, there's no more big threes, this and that. And also, late last night, I believe it was, Russell Westbrook got traded to the Houston Rockets. Now, this is why I don't like basketball, though. Because Oklahoma City now has like six first-round picks. They have a first extra first-round pick in the 2024 draft. Uh, extra pick in the 2026 draft. Dude, that's seven years away. Like, when you play Madden or even NHL hockey, uh, franchise mode, and, and you're, you're trying to make this big trade for uh, LeBron James or or uh, Tom Brady, you got three spots to put all the draft picks. Like, there should be some type of rule that says, listen, put a player, two or three draft picks, that's the most you could do. And if the other team is stupid enough to take a, a first-round draft pick from seven years from now, to me, there's no value in that, that draft pick. Why would you take it? But good for Leonard. He, you know, he got paid. I think this move is definitely going to put the Rockets up, up there because they, they've been right there the past two, three seasons. And just couldn't get over the, the, the hump. A little college football talk. UCF starting uh, quarterback, Darrell Mack Jr., who was actually competing with a former Notre Dame quarterback of ours, uh, Brandon Wimbush, broke his ankle this past week and is out indefinitely. Now, US, or UCF is just has, has bad luck with, with quarterbacks because I don't know if any of you guys remember, um, Mac was actually the backup to Mackenzie Milton last season. And in the, the one game last year, Milton actually had a bad knee injury, season-ending knee injury, and is actually going to be out off this season as well. So Mac, you, you gotta figure, you know, when he after the season found out that Milton was gonna be out for the year, had to figure, yeah, you know, finally get my starting job. Wimbush transferred from Notre Dame to UCF because Ian Book is the the starter there now. I'm glad that Kelly is not doing the the duo quarterback. That I hated that, and I I know shoulders always said too, you're not giving your quarterback a chance to get in a groove. I mean, you can't just put him in there for five plays and be like, oh, you're not working. I got to pull you. You know, you got to give him two, three drives. Back to back to back, not a game. So now, Wimbush pretty much is going to be the starter. And just to show you how bad the quarterback situation is for UCF, their backup behind Wimbush is going to be a redshirt freshman, Quadre Jones, and a true freshman, Dylan Gabriel, who is, quote-unquote, competing for the starting job as well. But like I said, you know Wimbush is going to uh, pull this out. And he's an okay quarterback. I mean, he's, he's not going to be no NFL quarterback. He's got a big body to be like a, a Cam Newton running around. But he's not accurate with the ball. And that's 
I think where his downfall was at Notre Dame. I mean, I do remember when he came in um, two years ago in the in the bowl game, but even then he he was just running. You know, you need to be able to pass, even short passes, medium passes, just to keep the the defense honest. But we'll see how he does. I hope he does good enough at UCF. Unless he plays Notre Dame, and I hope we destroy him. <laughs> I can't wait till the college season comes. You know, it's what roughly about a month away. I mean, you got training camp starting in two weeks, so probably mid-August you'll start seeing some college football games start up. And like college football, to me, always kind of like it's like the first beer. It wets the whistle just just a little bit, just to get you going. And when NFL season starts. It's time to get drunk. <laughs> so, speaking of NFL, you know, when I was when I was looking up stories, what to talk about, and stuff like that for all of us, one article I saw was about make or break season for some NFL players. It was like a top ten list or, or so, but I only picked three here. Because uh, one was actually a quarterback I wanted for Philly when Chip Kelly was with Philly. And that's uh, Marcus Mariota for, for Tennessee. I really thought between Mariota and Winston, who's also on my list here, I really thought Mariota would be the, the better of the two. And he, he, he's an average at that. Um, hasn't played a full season. He has been hurt every year so far. He's never thrown over 3,500 yards. I mean, he's always had a, a decent running game. You know, he had DeMarcus Murray after he came uh, from Philly. You know, last year he had a decent running game, but just never could put it together. And he's only signed through this year. If he doesn't have, I'm not saying he has to have MVP type season to come back. He needs to, one, play a full season. He needs to, I think, have at least a 9 or 10 win season for Tennessee to think about giving him, maybe sign him a one-year deal with a option for a second. See if he could put it back-to-back seasons because, again... He's going on three, four years now, and they always say by the fourth year, if you don't have as a quarterback, you're not going to make it in this league. Now, when you look at Jameis Winston, I think his problem is just can't stay out of trouble. I mean, he's stats-wise probably equal, if not a little bit better than Mariota. And you got Bruce Arians, who's kind of like the, the, the quarterback whisperer coming in for Tampa Bay. If, if Bruce Arians can't do something with this kid, uh, he could be a career backup the rest of his career. Because, I mean, where else would he go? You know, maybe he'd go to the Raiders because another quarterback is Derek Carr, which is kind of funny because the first couple years he was in the league, 
He played a lot better than his brother, even though his brother got smashed left and right at, in Houston. Um, now, even though he is signed through the 2022 season, this is basically the last year of any guaranteed money. So after this year, they could cut him and not have any type of repercussions, you know. And on top of that, you brought Antonio Brown in. You drafted one of the better running backs. You know, you, you, they put the offensive pieces around him. There should be no reason why he can't have a, a, a bad or a good season. You know, again, this should be another situation where he needs to win nine or ten games. And not position-wise, maybe Gruden might might need this too for a make-or-break year. I know they gave him a 10-year contract or whatever it was, but we all know how the NFL is. It's, it's all about what have you done lately. And with them moving to L.A. next year, or uh, not L.A., Vegas next year, they may want to, if don't work out for Derek Carr, they may want to just overhaul the whole team and start fresh and get their own uh, quarterback in there that they want to get. Obviously, Brown is stuck there with the contract they gave him. Gruden, even though I just said it's probably make a break for him, they're stuck with him for at least a few more years. So we'll see how that goes. I think this year, as far as if I had to pick a Philadelphia Eagle make or break, I would say, honestly, it'd probably be like Ronald Darby. You know, he signed a one-year deal. He got hurt last year with the ACL. A little bit up and down of a season for him when he did play. And it's a uh, prove-it deal. So, let's see how he goes. I think another make or break could be Dak Prescott. Once that big contract just came out and said that uh, he won't give a, a hometown discount. Which, again, I mean, how much more of a discount can you give when you're crap? So you'd probably be asking for a dollar a year. They're not paying Zeke Elliott, so they, they have the money. So for Prescott to get paid, I, I think he needs to win the division and get to a championship game. Show that you could win with this team. You know, as much as I don't like Elliott and shoulders don't like Elliott, He's a good running back. I'll give him that. You know, when he's on the field, he's a very good player. Just off the field shit is what's giving him a bad name. So, we will see. Like I said, I mean, the season, the, the, the training camps should be opening up in like two weeks or so. Before you know it, week one will be here. And we'll be talking Eagle football, NFC East football, you know, upsets, injuries, all that lovely stuff. Before we go, like I said, head over to iTunes and Spotify, Google Play. Tune in, subscribe to us there. Head over to our Facebook page, like and share there. Head over to our YouTube page, subscribe to our channel. Uh, follow, go over to Twitter, follow us over there at ST Sport Podcast. And you can follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Now, 
to give you guys a heads up, I know Lean Shoulders have been kind of off and on with shoulders, uh, with uh, shows and stuff like that, but there definitely won't be any shows from us next week. I may try to put together like a best of or something because uh, next Saturday, I'm finally getting married. And, you know, anybody that ever got married knows how stressful the week is. So I was really trying to plan to try to get something in, but just too much stuff going on, I think. So figure I'd take it in and take it easy with this. So in two weeks, we will be back. Till then, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.